I want to welcome you to Diving into Deep Waters with Erin Rowling, where we don't just put our toes in or stay in the shallow end, because what's the fun in that, but where we dive into real life and use God's word to help us navigate this thing called life. I am so excited because I have my first ever guest, um, Mr. Paul Rowling, my Go ahead. <laughs> wow. So, I'm excited to be here. I feel like I'm in the big leagues now. Oh. Get to be on my wife's podcast, man. That's such, a big deal. Such the big leagues. <laughs> Thanks for having me. So, yeah, I've never had a guest before. And I thought, you know what? There's no better guest than to have the man that I get to do life with every day um, and get to, we do ministry together. We're parents together. We're we do a lot of stuff together. We're kind of around each other a lot, aren't we? <laughs> we are. We are around each other a lot, but it's all um, good, though. It's all good. And so, yeah, I want to introduce you to my husband. Um, for those of you who don't know him, a lot of you do, but if you don't, and I thought it was perfect timing to have a mom because we actually next week will be celebrating our. 23rd, 23rd wedding yeah. anniversary. Man, we've Look been... at us getting older. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it makes sense since we have a daughter getting married that we would be, yeah, you know. Getting, getting a little older, Getting for sure. a little older. So um, we thought we would come on and talk about, first of all, a couple of things about our story, about how we met and stuff. And then we're going to get into five different things that we think are kind of essential things in marriage. And honestly, when we do, so we do premarital counseling and we do um, marriage counseling. And these often are kind of the five things that usually come up. So you're getting premarital counseling for free if you're not married. (laughs) (laughs) If you're already married, it's free too. That's right. It's free either way. It's free either way. And obviously there's a lot of things we could share, but these are kind of, five things that we we uh, have learned and uh, wanted to share with you. But so when I met Mr. Paul, um, I was 15 and he was 20. And I remember uh, we were at some friend's house for like a gathering. It was a youth and singles gathering. And I was sitting in the chair with my best friend. And in walks this guy who <laughs> um, pretty much... Uh, I, at first we thought maybe shrunk his shirt. I don't know. And because we'll go with that, we'll go with your shrunk his shirt. Dryer, <laughs> dryer issues. <laughs> we won't go with the fact that he was trying to show off with his uh, five times too small. I don't know. Maybe that's exaggeration. <laughs> a bit of an exaggeration. It was. It was too small, people though. And he was a personal trainer, so he had some muscles going on. And uh, we just were cracking up at this guy and just watching all the ladies look at him. And because we were 15 and he was 20. You didn't like my workout pants either, I I don't think. No, (laughs) no. Those were the first thing to go, actually, when we got married, was his workout pants. Those weren't welcome. They were the ones that. The the Velcro like tight in the waist. Yeah, and, uh, Velcroed yeah. and had little wings on them. You were not big a fan. Not of those at not all. a fan at all. That's no. the one thing I was like, those babies gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> and go they went. And go they went. So, but fast forward a couple of years, uh, I was older. I was eighteen. You were 20, 23. Yeah. And um, I had come back from Africa and really was searching. I think we were both 
kind of in that phase of on the hunt for mm. a spouse. Yes. What, what did that look like for you? Well, for me, uh, I, I, you know, in the circles we ran with back then, it just seemed like everybody got married so young. And so to be 22, 23 years old and not married yet, not have a prospect yet, I kind of felt some pressure. So it seemed like everywhere I went, uh, I'd go to various church singles events and different things. Man, I was just looking. I just, is that my wife? Is that my wife? You know, what about that girl? You know, and and I remember Aaron talked about me being into the weightlifting. And so I would wear these these tight short sleeve shirts and I'd go to these church events and I'd be worshiping with my hands in the air. But really, I was just trying to flex, you know, because I thought that's what you did. You know, maybe I'll meet my wife this way. God needs my my help, you know, so <laughs> I'll flex. And yeah, I don't think that was working. And I'll never forget, though, um, it, it, I was reading the Word of God. I was I was reading about Moses, actually, and how uh, Moses spoke to a rock and water came out of the rock. And I remember thinking, now that's odd. Who would ever think to look at a rock for water? You know, you know it's not the first thing you would think of. And I felt like the Lord spoke to my heart at that point and said, listen, just like I brought water out of a rock for mm-hmm. Moses, I'm going to bring you, your wife out of a place that you would never look. So just stop looking. Hmm. And it just really freed me to stop looking everywhere and just trust the Lord and wait on his timing. And so that was a pre- real important moment for me that day. Yeah. I think, too, while the, you, that was happening with you, I was also, you know, coming back from Africa. I was like, I want to go back. My friends were getting married. And um, I do remember I was actually standing in the hallway and thinking I was going to a singles thing and thinking, oh, which guy, you know, and I felt like the Lord said, are you, do you trust me? Do you trust me with the person that I have for you? And I remember just like kind of breaking down and saying, uh, do I? (laughs) But I, I surrendered. I, I, I can tell you where I was standing. I was facing a closet and I, I surrendered. I surrendered that whole concept of that I needed to find myself a spouse. And that's that's something that we often tell single people is stop looking and just just run after God. Yeah. Just just pursue the Lord and trust that he has the perfect person waiting for you and when the collision is supposed to take place, when you're going to notice that person, it's all in his timing and if if you're looking for yourself, you're probably going to end up with the wrong person. And mm. then there's a lot of heartbreak with that and a lot of junk yeah. that will come with that. So that's that's yeah. advice number Absolutely. one. There it is. Yep. <laughs> Just run after the Lord and he will, he will provide. You won't be able to miss him. You won't be able to miss him because yeah. you're like running full, full speed ahead. Amen. And uh, I think that also, so the thing that, I often ask couples or when, so when someone says to me, oh, I like this person. Now, if you're listening to this and you're like, I know what she's going to say. This is what the first thing that I say to them. I say, do they love Jesus? That's my, not are they cute? Not are they nice to you? Not are they this or that? My first question is going to be, do they love Jesus? Because I think that that is, if you don't have that, and sometimes people are like, um, hmm. And as soon as they hum, I'm like, eh, <laughs> wrong answer. Yeah, we often hear, well, I haven't got to that point yet. Well, mm. why wasn't that the starting point? You know, that should be the foundation. That should be yeah. the foundation because actually it wasn't for you and I, it wasn't this moment of like, oh, I looked into your eyes and mm. we we noticed each other. Actually, I we were at a singles 
group and we were worshiping. And I remember opening my eyes and Paul was leading worship with his guitar. I didn't, I didn't really know that much about you. Yeah. You know, we didn't really ever talk or anything like that, except for your tight shirts. That's all I knew you by. <laughs> what a thing to be known for. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked up and I saw this man who was just passionately loving Jesus. And it wasn't, you weren't putting on a show. I mean, because everyone's eyes were closed and everyone was just kind of worshiping. Except for yours, apparently. Well, I, <laughs> I guess mine were open. Um, but I just saw this man who had a heart for Jesus. And that night we started talking and I just, I mean, I, I think I was attracted to you, but I was so attracted to the Jesus in you. And that, that was really kind of the starting point for both of us. Yeah, and it was fun to find out later that that was the night we both noticed yeah, each other because yeah. uh, it was the same thing. It was just like, wow, you know, where'd this girl come from? And it was a, uh, it was really awesome timing. And I have to say, on a side note, I think God must have blocked your ears from my singing voice. <laughs> you, you, saw, you saw past that. You're a five-second singer. I'm a five-second singer. So I think God did a work there. He, he was. You, you he saw my heart a... and not listen to my quality <laughs> of my voice. So God is good. It was sweet music to my ear that so, night. Some, somehow. Now, now, 23 years later. It's like you can stop maybe. singing now. <laughs> sweet. Yeah. Your sweet five music. seconds is up. <laughs> maybe not sweet music. <laughs> but, yeah, so... That's another thing. Ask yourself that. If you're in a relationship, do you see Jesus in them? I I love something Paul says a lot, too, is, you know, we look at the fruit of someone's life. A lot of times people can say, I'm a Christian or I attend church or whatever. But what do you say about the fruit? The fruit doesn't lie. The fruit doesn't lie. Amen. And so, you know, looking at someone's life and, you know, what is, how are they bearing fruit? And what does that look like? Because it doesn't lie, people. Nope. Doesn't lie. I also may ask you um, after that question: Are you being good? <laughs> because she's going to ask. <laughs> I don't up. have a problem asking people. It's a good question. Um, even with our own daughter, uh, she's engaged. Especially and, with our own daughter. <laughs> yeah, they'll be out, and uh, I'll track them down, and I'll see that they're, you know, together, and I'll send a text often and say, "Are you being good?" Yeah. Yeah. If Jesus was there, would you be doing that? Uh, <laughs> you got a Bible between you and the car? You got a Bible. <laughs> Here, we'll buy you one. It's five feet by I, five feet. <laughs> it's a big Bible, Dad. Hey, you know what? It works. Yeah. So, you know, that'll be my second question. But anyways, let's move on from dating and those things into marriage. Mm. Marriage. 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 Um, because... After the, you know, the hoopla of the day and a day that you don't really even, I mean, kind of, kind of it, it's a blur. It goes by fast and all that I do's and the beautiful honeymoon that you get to have. Um, then reality, mm. like life. Yeah. I, everyone gets so excited about the wedding. We have our daughter's wedding. We're super excited. But we also know life. Life. Life happens. Life happens. And uh, life Reality hit us pretty much the moment uh, we stepped onto the plane to head home from our honeymoon. Paul got super sick because yeah, he ate the fish that I told him not to eat. Well, you know, they always, they always tell you, you know, don't drink the water. We were in... Uh, Puerto Vallarta, yeah. you know, so don't drink the water. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to be smart. I didn't drink the water the whole time I'm there. 
But I guess that didn't translate in my mind, uh, don't eat the fish, which live in the water. So, yeah, a smarter guy would have avoided that. And, Let's uh, just say we almost didn't make some of was, our planes. That was an interesting ride home, yeah. I but we did. We got home. Yeah. Um, barely. Yeah, barely. Yeah, you had some, some issues. Some issues. And uh, we pull up, and it's like, ah, like 1 o'clock in the morning or Finally something. home. Finally home. And, and what did we see? Well, we lived in a mobile home. Uh, that's what I brought my my new bride home into. It's my my nice mobile home I had back mm-hmm. then. And we pulled in the driveway one morning, only to see a nice big family of skunks walk under the mobile home to their to their home. Apparently, living yeah. right under our yeah. trailers. So yeah, they that made was their home. Their that home. was a nice welcome home. So yeah. here I'm not feeling good. Skunks under the house. I'm like, welcome to married life, honey. Welcome. We get in the house. And I, I learned something quickly. I learned that you didn't sleep with sheets on your bed. Yeah, I, I did the bachelor thing <laughs> big time before we got married. I was like, where's the sheets? And so I'm like opening gifts, uh, trying to find a set of sheets because I wasn't about to not sleep with sheets on. Paul's sticker than a dog. We've got skunk smell coming up. And it's like, Hey, welcome to so life. This is, this is it. And the next day, found out some other things about you, mm-hmm. like that you had drawers full of grocery bags. That's how we did it. Peanut butter bowls <laughs> in the sink. Um, she learned a lot. You know, can I just tell you a funny story about the skunk smell? Um, we had thought we got it out really well. We, we, we went through a couple cans of Febreze. We sprayed everything, our couches, our, all of our clothes. And we're like, I think we got it. I think we got it. And we went to church the next day. Do you remember oh, this? Yeah. And we're sitting there and we can hear people talking around <laughs> us saying, do you smell a skunk? Do you smell a skunk? I'm like, oh, no. Who knew? <laughs> uh, I don't think we uh, we got the smell out. We just no. got so immune to it. I think we, we didn't notice like, it anymore. Oh, do you smell a skunk? <laughs> I remember we kept like, looking at people behind us like, oh, maybe it's not like, us. Not us. We it's don't not, know anything about no skunks. It's not us. So that that was the reality yeah. of... Welcome to marriage. Welcome to marriage. So uh, 23 years later, mm. we're going to talk about five things that we have yes. learned. And the first thing being... Um, I think we learned that we were speaking. So if you've ever heard the five love languages, the five love languages is a book and it's like word of words of affirmation, acts of service, quality time, physical touch. That's yours. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> receiving gifts. And so those are the five love languages. And often in a marriage, you will speak one predominantly, one will be your thing, but usually you'll have usually like a, couple. a couple that are kind of who you are. And Paul and I kind of found out that we were, um, so my love languages were um, in the beginning of our marriage, I would say was acts of service and uh, receiving gifts. Those are my love languages. And what were yours? The so mine were uh, words of affirmation and physical touch. Okay. So those were yours. I had mine. We were speaking different languages. We, so I was, my language, my like the way I was trying to be a good wife to Paul was through cleaning the house, making sure the laundry was done. You know, like I would be like, hey, honey, look at this clean house. And he'd be like, okay. That's nice. I mean, from a man not sleeping with sheets. I mean, yeah. what's a clean house? Right. Uh, <laughs> and or I was like always writing you notes yep. and like would do a lot of work to present him with a really cool gift or whatever. And he'd be like, oh, that's nice. So I was speaking my language mm. 
to you. Right. And then you. I'm like, why isn't she praising me more? Words of affirmation, <laughs> you know? That card is nice, but I'd rather you just tell me how great I am. You know, I would never say that, of course, but that's what I was thinking, right. you know? And, and why isn't, you know, let's just cuddle on the couch or, you know, hang out that way. And uh, yeah, I don't care if you vacuum or not, you know, let's, let's hang out. And so, yeah, we were, we were definitely speaking different languages. And I would tell her all day long how beautiful she was and how great she was. And she's kind of like, that's nice, but why don't you, how about you do some work <laughs> around the house? <laughs> how about or, you vacuum? Know, yeah, like, like do me, show me that way, you know, instead. And so, yeah, it, it, we were definitely speaking different languages, um, trying to speak our language to show our love. Yeah, yeah and I sure. think kind of the moment we realized it worked better when you spoke yeah. the other language too. Yep. Like I started paying attention to the things that made you tick. Yeah. And you start paying attention to the things that made I me I learned to vacuum. You learned to vacuum. <laughs> and a few other things. Yeah. And um, I learned how much imp- how much importance you put on words and yeah. stuff like that. And I think once we learned that, that really was... It's a game changer. It was a game changer. Sure. And it has been a game changer, I think, in our marriage. So first of all, learn to speak your spouse's love language. Like, what yes. about them? And maybe get the book if you've never read it or look it up you know, yep. the, the uh, languages and, a good one. and figure it out because it's it's a key to a great marriage, I think, is knowing how to speak each other's language. All right. The second thing, um, we're going to get real here. And actually, we were talking about how to have a disagreement mm. or a little fight or whatever. And actually, intense Yeah, intense fellowship. There you go, intense fellowship. And actually, when we were... Discussing it, we almost got in a little little spat putting this together. Yeah, let's, let's hope we make it to the end of the recording. <laughs> but when we were writing it out, we were like, nah, 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 you know, yeah, say this. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> so that doesn't go away. But we we have learned a few things about um, that, you know, because that's marriage. I mean, t- to say you know you're never going to have a fight or a disagreement or a tiff is that's not real life. And just being honest again, um, most of the intense fellowship that Paul and I engage in is mainly from me. I'm just going to be honest. I um, Paul is a very laid back person and not much riles him up. The only, th- and I didn't ever see that from you, like getting riled up until we had a teenage daughter. Then mm. Then that kind of started spearheading. That, that, that'll change things, yeah. <laughs> when yeah. you have teenagers, that that'll change. That's a game changer. Or especially when you were gone for the day and it was just me and the kids. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd say that. I wasn't here for that. So. I'd say the laid backness uh, <laughs> kind went of away a little went bit. Went away a yeah, little bit for sure. But I, in our marriage, um, most of the time Paul doesn't really bring up too much and not much bothers him. But I, on the other hand, can get irritated with things. And I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> That's what I'm it is. Still, We're all good. I'm still. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you know, on in, that. in your defense, though, uh, you're also uh, quick to make things right. You're quick to apologize, or you're quick. Okay, we didn't to... get to that part yet. You skipped ahead a couple points. <laughs> Who getting, invited them to this podcast? Are you getting irritated? <laughs> Am I getting irritated? <laughs> no. So, point number one: we've learned to be on the same team. Yeah. Well, that go. because uh, I read that somewhere, or I I don't remember if we heard it somewhere, but we heard it somewhere. That was that was key, and yeah. we have used that when we've been in intense fellowship with each other, looking at each other and saying, 
um, I think you say it more than me, but it always brings perspective to what we're fighting about. Hey, we're on the same team. Yes. We're, this is not you against me and me against you. This is, let's figure this out together. And as soon as one of us say that, and as soon as we can like come at it from that point, it's like the whatever's being blown up out of proportion gets deflated. It's like a balloon. It's like Mm -hmm. getting pumped up with irritants and all this stuff. But as soon as we recognize like, wait a second, we're on the same team here. That's right. It gets deflated and then we're able to see it. So that's number one. Like remember that you're on the same team. Another thing is um, perception. Uh, you, You have a good example on the perception thing. Well, the whole perception thing is it's amazing how you can tell your spouse something and your motive and in your mind, you know, you're coming off one way. You think you're giving a compliment. You know, you think you're blessing them, but they don't always hear what you're communicating. And Mm -hmm. so there's a time, this has happened many times in our marriage, but there was one time that Aaron and I were on a walk and I remember I was about to say this thing and in my mind, I was thinking, man, this is really going to bless my wife. This is a nice compliment. She's going to feel good that I'm saying this. So I, I, I perceived to say the thing. And I don't even remember what it was now, but I said this thing. And all of a sudden, remember. you do remember? You do? It's okay. Oh, wow. Keep going. She remembers. Maybe she doesn't lay things down. I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I say this thing. And all of a sudden, she gets really quiet. And I'm thinking, ah, oh, she's quiet. She's taking it all in. <laughs> What I said, and it really meant something to her. And and then all of a sudden, she's like, not talking to me. And I think she might even start to cry. And then it kind of hit me, wait a minute. She's not happy <laughs> with what I just said. And lo and behold, it was because I said one thing. Mm-hmm. She heard something 180 degrees different than what I meant to say. And I realized at that moment, we realized that it's not always what you say. It's what they're perceiving that yeah. you say. And so how, how important it is to make sure they understand your heart behind what you're saying. Yeah. And we've learned to use um, verbiage like, when you said that, that made me feel this. Or for, in, your, in your case, you said, when I said that, this is what I was trying to say. And it helped me realize you were trying to give me a compliment. And so... And you heard something totally different. And I different. heard something totally different. So that helped, that. Yeah. That happens a lot. That's that opened our eyes at least. It that did. Day, though, and I think know. it's helped us in future things to yes. understand that part. The the last thing on this whole like tip thing or, you know, intense fellowship is being quick to resolve. Mm. Um, you know, in Ephesians four, twenty-six through twenty-seven, it says, Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. And we say that scripture a lot, but I love one time we were on a walk and you said, and the rest and verse twenty-seven says and do not give the evil one opportunity. Mm. Because the longer you're upset with each other, the more you're giving Satan the opportunity to get into your thoughts and into your feelings. So you're more irritated and just, I mean, we understand that, you know, sometimes you need a little time. Sometimes people need time. But I think we have found that the more times that we've had time, we've gotten, it's just made it bigger. And when we're quick to figure it out and not let the enemy, I mean, that's, that's what it says. Don't let the enemy have that foothold in there and like, be like, okay, let's figure this out and come to an understanding 
And sometimes we don't always see each other's perspective yeah, or whatever. Agree to disagree. Yeah, but to make it right. And it that, honestly, it takes humbling yourself. It I mean, does. let's just be real. And in fairness to my wife, which I said earlier, she is really quick to uh, make things right. She'll often be the one um, to approach me before I even get a chance to approach her and just say, I'm sorry, or hey, listen, we're on the same team. And she's really good about humbling herself. And, uh, and that's blessed me because... Uh, you know, and I'd like to think I'm quick about it, but she's even quicker about it because we both see that. Look, this is—we don't want to stay in this angry mm-hmm. place. That's not fun. You know, we want to—we want to get along. We want to have fun. Let's let's clear this up, and uh, because the enemy would love to come inside any Christian marriage and, yes. and try to get it broken up, any yeah. marriage period. And so, when you see that, and you can call it out, and you can recognize it, you realize, you know, don't let this thing carry on. Make it right. Humble Make yourselves. It, yeah. And that'll require humbling yourself. Yeah. That's just the bottom line. There's there's no two ways about it. Yeah. Someone's got to be the first one to humble themselves. And I think it's kind of maybe a little game to yeah. us. Who can humble themselves first? That's right. She keeps winning. She's so competitive. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Even in humbleness. I'm going to be the more humble one. And I'm proud of that. I'm sorry. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So number three. Uh, we're going to talk about being each other's biggest fan. Mm. That That is a key yeah. component in marriage. When Paul and I first got married, um, I I can definitely be a critical person. Um, I notice everything, and that can lead to being critical. And so a friend of mine who uh, kind of, I remember we were driving home and she said, hey, I want to tell you something and you may not like it, but I want to share something with you about your marriage. And she was like, so when we're all together, I notice you kind of put Paul down. And the moment she said it, like my pride went up and I was like, I don't do that. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to go in the house and I'm going to ask Paul do I put you down in front of others? And he's going to say, no, honey, you don't. And I was like, and, and she's wrong. And so I did. I walked myself into the house and I asked you, and what did you say? I said, well, honestly, honey, you kind of do. <laughs> I think I kind of shocked I was you. so shocked. I was like, yeah. wait a second. That was not the answer you're supposed to have. And <laughs> that led to us having a conversation about how I I was. I was demeaning to him and I wasn't coming off as being supportive and um, it was affecting him. And and I'm thankful that my eyes were open to that opportunity to realize that what you say in front of others, how you treat your spouse in front of others. I mean, there's times that one of us will say something and you know you've been with that couple before that they start to get into a tiff around you and it makes you super uncomfortable. A little, little awkward. <laughs> awkward. What do I say right what do now? I- <laughs> I need to leave. Um, Not that we haven't ever done that, but um, just recognizing sometimes just bite your tongue and Mm. you talk about it later, not in front of others, but to really have a spirit of uh, always being each other's. I know that you're my biggest fan and you're always supporting me and encouraging me. And that is so vital in a marriage. And you often have a little line that you like to say about your messages or the whole world. Oh, yes. So, and I really mean this. I've said many times, I can have the whole world think I'm awesome, but if my wife and I have something between us, 
then I'm off. You know, I'm like that that V8 commercial where you're just not walking on up straight, you know. But I can have the whole world against me. And if my wife has my back and I know that my wife is for me, man, I don't care who's against me. There's there's strength and power mm-hmm. when your spouse has your back and your spouse values you and your spouse believes in you. Man, you can take on anybody or anything, you know. There's yeah. just power in that. And, and I really mean that. So to have each other's back and to be each other's biggest fan. Uh, I remember saying one time about my guitar playing about a buddy of mine. I said, uh, man, he's my biggest fan. And she got mad. I did. She goes, excuse me? Excuse me. I'm your biggest fan. I'm your fan. biggest fan. And I like that. You know, I mean, I want my wife to be my biggest fan. So that's that's a, a key thing in, in a marriage. Another thing that we believe is really important is investment. Uh, last year on our anniversary, we were taking a walk. We, we like to walk together. It's one of our things we like to do together. And um, you said, hey, we should think of all of our anniversaries and what we've done on each anniversary. So as we were going through each anniversary, we realized that the ones we could remember were the ones that we had put time and effort into, like going away for a night or making it special and the ones where we had just kind of like not really done much, maybe just done dinner, we didn't really remember yeah, them. Kind of couldn't remember it. Yeah. So it kind of enlightened us that we need to always make sure to keep our marriage on the front burner, which is so easy to take your marriage and your relationship with each other and end up kind of putting it on the back burner of the stove, if you yeah. will, because the kids need your attention and this and work and ministry and there's just different things. Tons of yeah. things that can take precedence over the front burners. Yeah. And so your marriage gets put to the back burner and then guess what? One day those kids are gonna leave. And we're we're about two down, two to go almost. Almost. Yeah. We're about in that situation. And I, you know, we talk sometimes about like what we're gonna do when all of our kids are gone and we get excited. Not not, not the, that we're not trying that we to push them. them out. <laughs> They're listening but, right now. Hey, thanks a lot. But we're excited about what we get to do together. Right. And I never want to look at you, and I don't think you ever want to look at me and be like, who are you? Mm. Like, we've we've continued to build that connection and that investment yeah, for sure. in our marriage. And I'm and those of you with little ones, I know you're like, well, that's really hard and it's expensive. It is expensive to find a babysitter. But I remember you sometimes would pick up like Applebee's on the way home. I just got hungry just now when you said that. <laughs> Of course, you're getting hungry. Um, and you'd bring it home, and we'd put the kids to bed, and we'd, like, play cards, or we'd watch a movie, and we'd eat dinner together. It's an awesome date. It was a date. It was an yeah. investment. So never take that for granted and make sure that you keep your marriage on that front burner because that's if, so important. And if I could add to that, too, I think one of the greatest gifts you can give your kids Yes. is to model a that's great good. marriage for mm-hmm. them, that's you know? Good. And so we want to live out our marriage in front of our kids and let them see us make each other priorities so that they look for that one day yes. in, in their spouse that's and in their marriage. Absolutely. So, we want to set them up. Set them up for success. For success. The last thing that we wanted to touch on was prayer. Yeah. Um, because we really believe that prayer is a vital part of marriage. And I've, we've talked to a lot of people who said that they've never prayed together. Right. And I remember, uh, so we were, uh, had to go somewhere and we didn't have enough gas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we counted up all of our change 
And we went to the gas station and we still didn't have enough money to get enough gas to go to the place we needed to go. So I remember driving back to our trailer and we had a newborn baby in the backseat car and we were sitting in the car. She was sleeping because she cried a lot when she was little. So I think we were like, don't move. She's sleeping. And I started crying because we literally had two pennies to our name. Literally. I remember holding them physically in my hand. Mm. And looking at you and saying, what are we going to do? Like, we have a baby, we have no money. And um, you looked at me and you said, I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to pray. And so we, we began to pray. And our situation didn't change, but I remember getting out of the car and just having peace. Like, we didn't know, <laughs> we didn't have any more answers than before we prayed, but there was just something that happened when we took all of our fears, all of our questions, all of our thoughts, and we just brought it before the Lord. And that's something that I'm super thankful. This is another reason why it's important to have a spouse who's godly mm-hmm. and entering a partnership with someone who's godly. But I was so so many times we've looked at each other and you've been the main instigator of it, of just saying, hey, let's pray. And through the years, the situation didn't change on a dime, but there was just, there's so much peace and calmness and just perspective and it unifies you as yeah. a couple when you take that time to pray. How can it not unify you? I mean, yeah. you're going before the Lord and you're asking for his help and, or just like, here's all our blah. <laughs> oh man, it's such a good thing. I mean, if there was one thing, if somebody was to ask me, what's one thing I can do right now that will immediately have a great impact on my marriage? That, that what could I do like fast? Man, you start praying with your spouse every mm-hmm. day. Watch what God does in your marriage. Yeah. And, and just pray. We pray about everything from <laughs> finances to relationships, to ministry, to our kids, to you name it. And, and you know, even when the situation doesn't immediately change, and honestly, we've seen things change a lot too. You yes, know? we have. You even prayed for something for me last week physically that God instantly responded to your prayer. So yeah. you're going to get my prayer payroll. <laughs> I'm going to pay you to pray for me every day He's now. like, can you pray for me? God likes you. You got to listen to him. You ask him. <laughs> anyway. Um, it's, but, a, it's, it's like, yeah, I think if there's one thing you take away oh from goodness. this podcast yeah, is pray, together, pray together. Start praying. And it doesn't have to be, fa- uh, we are not fancy prayers. We, We're real prayers. Sometimes I look up and Paul's looking at me when I'm praying. I'm like, close your eyes. I don't know why. She has these rules, that. you see. <laughs> yeah. But just be real with God and it's it will it'll change It'll change your life. Yeah, and it will change you. I mean, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, that peace that passes understanding, mm-hmm. that's real, you know? Yeah. And and uh, like that time we only had two pennies, we prayed, and then instantly I looked over, and I saw a lady's purse laying there, and we stole. No. And see, God provided no. No, the money. Not. All right, I'm no, sorry. I'm just that's, kidding. That's a little. I'm sorry. That's bad, a bad example. Bit. That's but, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, it's, a, it's imperative. <laughs> Pray without stealing. Yeah, pray. Don't steal, please. Don't don't do that. So listen, we Paul and I are fans of marriage. We yes, we say that time. whenever we meet with somebody about marriage, we're fans. And not only are we fans, but God is is a fan of marriage. He instituted it. He created it. He yeah. created it. It's important to him. And because of that alone, the enemy is going to come. It's he's come against 
the very sanctity of marriage mm. in itself. Very much so. in our nation. But um, he's again, he's not for your marriage. So if hopefully maybe a few of these things will bring perspective or open your eyes. If nothing else, you'll start praying or you'll pray more often or whatever. And just know that God is is for you. He's for your marriage. And um, if nothing else, just go to him about it. Whether uh, you have a great marriage, pray. If you have a bad marriage, pray. <laughs> whatever. Just invite God in into your marriage and know that he's for you. Mm-hmm. And we thank you for joining us. Um, and for spending this time with us and hearing our ramblings of a couple of things that we've learned. We could probably go on and on and on and on of things we've learned. And honestly, we're we're still learning. We're learning every we're, day. <laughs> every day we're learning. And I want to thank my awesome husband for joining me on my very first time of having a guest on my podcast. Well, thanks for having me. I, I appreciate being your first guest. And I don't know if I'll ever be welcome back, but that's okay. <laughs> He's like, I'll see if I get invited back. <laughs> but we love you. Have a great, have a great marriage. And if you're not married yet, I hope you listen to those things because if they ever come around me, I got some questions. Yes. All right, I love you guys. Love you guys. Thank you.